Welcome to the Star Wars Skinny, where I give you the skinny on all things Star Wars right after I get skinny. I, I danced and, and did a bunch of jumping and running in place in front of my TV in the dark uh, this morning. Um, that's what I do now. Getting skinny. Uh, so just like a couple weeks ago, I watched the latest episode of The Bad Batch, and it, I came out of it thinking about a no-name character from The Force Awakens. Uh, a couple episodes ago, I had the Holonet Marauders on to talk about Sidon Athano. Uh, the, the red uh, armored pirate dude that um, we all were thinking about after the, the first episode of The Bad Batch when they were being pirates. I don't know. This seems like a much closer connection to The Force Awakens, and I'm so excited to talk about it. Uh, this episode is about Grumgar. It's The Bad Batch and beyond. <laughs> So what prompted this was the uh, gangster in the latest episode of The Bad Batch, Greeny Maligi. Uh, he's a big, mean Dewootin. Uh, that's his species. He's just big, and he's got, like, those tusks on his chin. Um, so when I saw him, I'm like, okay, I recognize the other one of this species, Grumgar. Could this be Grumgar? Does he know Grumgar? Uh, we, uh, we learned his name pretty quickly. Um, but, yeah, that, that, big, that big character, we haven't seen that alien type very often. Um, I've... To, to shout out the Holonet Marauders twice, I think I listened to their Bad Batch episode and they talked about how um, this Grumgar, DeWooten character model appearing in like the Bad Batch Clone Wars style. It's like the first time we've ever had like a sequel alien in that style, which um, I didn't fact check that, but that, that's pretty interesting. Um, so I'm really interested in the species. I think every character that we've gotten that's uh, a DeWooten, I've been kind of into. Um, so we got, well, not like that. Uh, we Well, uh, we, we've got four characters that I can that I can find that are DeWooten, or at least notable enough to, to call out on this episode. Uh, the first one is Grumgar. We're going to talk about him at length in this episode. Uh, the second one is Ninth Sister, sister. Uh, who I talked about with my sister, uh, Josie, on the Sisters of the Inquisitorious episode. Yeah, this, the skinnies cancel out. We got Beefy instead. <laughs> this, if, if there's any episode to get Beefy, it's when you have... The beefy Inquisitor. The beefy Ninth Sister. Um, the Ninth Sister is one of the, the Inquisitors, and um, there might be some similarities to her, like being raised as an Inquisitor to being raised as a uh, DeWooten. I, I started looking ahead at some of the information on the species, so that could be interesting to talk about. I like Ninth Sister because beefy empath. <laughs> I just like the story. Um <laughs> I don't know that wasn't even a complete sentence. I like Ninth Sister because... Beefy, beefy empath. empath. Like, that's all I need to say. Beefy empath. Uh, the third one is our new one, Greeny Maligi. Um, <laughs> I hope I'm saying that right. Um, I didn't rewatch the episode for that. But uh, Greeny Maligi, uh, he's he's the gangster that we met uh, working at the the riot racing track in the, uh, the racing episode of The Bad Batch, uh, episode four. Uh, and then fourth, we have a High Republic character. He's one of the villains in the High Republic, Pan Ada. Uh, he's one of like the the second in command. They have like this hierarchy structure. It's a total like pyramid scheme. Uh, the the Nile, the villains in the High Republic, and he's like just under the just under the top. Um, but yeah, he's got some good some plots in the the High Republic that I don't I don't want to spoil if you haven't read it. So we won't talk about him too much. But yeah, those are our four notable DeWootens, and I want to talk a little bit more about what DeWootens are, talk about Grumgar a little bit, and kind of talk about why this is such an iconic species that we, yeah, I, I didn't think it was that iconic until I saw him, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited, so yeah, let's get into it.
Great. So the Dewootin species, or I, I guess you maybe could pronounce it Dawutin or Dawutin. Dawutin. I don't know how else you'd say it. I'm going Dewootin because that, that sounds like a fun way to say it. Uh, but I don't think we've heard it in live action. It's probably, probably the only way we've heard it in the official capacity is probably like the audiobook for the High Republic where that Pan Ada character, if they said Dewootin in there, which they, I'm sure they did. Um, that's probably how we should say it, but I'm not going to go, go find that. So the Dewootin species, they were native to the frigid core world planet of Dewoot, uh, or Dawit, uh, near the unknown regions. Um, and they spoke the language of Dewuta. Sounds like Tegruta. Dewoot? Tegroot? Hmm. Much to think about here. They were often, uh, very solitary and young Dewootins were forced to fend for themselves from an early age. Um, because of this, those who quickly learned hunting skills survived, so they're known for being hunters and mercenaries and tough guys. Uh, their, their size and strength made them prized as hired muscle, uh, but most Dewootin's pride dissuaded them from such work as they viewed other species as weak. Um, okay, so being a hired muscle to defend a lower species is a no-no. But, like, being... Okay, so they're still going to be, like, bad dudes in the universe, but they're going to be out for themselves. They're not going to serve anyone that isn't a Dewootin. Uh, very, very proud species. All right, that makes sense. Um, the the species themselves, they evolved from a type of omnivoreshed animal. <laughs> I should have. Uh, omnivorous, okay. Herd animal. Yeah, omnivorous herd. Dewootin species evolved from a type of omnivorous herd animal on the planet Dewoot. Uh, they were large, aggressive-looking humanoids with chin horns, so we talked about those. They've also got sharp cloths, uh, thick skin, and they were commonly brown in color and had poor eyesight, but superior senses of hearing and smell. Um, so I guess kind of like, I don't know, what has poor eyesight? What do they always say? You got to be quiet when there's a bear or I, I don't know. Uh, Dwootens, they had big, big old fingers uh, with claw-like points at the top, although they were more comparable to tusks, actually, like the bone composition of it and all that. Uh, they could live hundreds of years they never stopped growing, um, so that's why they—that's why the ones we've seen have been really big and beefy. Um, individuals who had lived two decades were about the size of Wookiees, uh, Dewootans and the Wookiees, and those who lived to their fifth century could weigh up to a metric ton and were typically so massive that their loud footsteps and voices warned other species away. Um, okay, so they're like full-on like giants, like Game of Thrones, Harry Potter giants. Um, the largest recorded Dewootin weighed over two tons and stood over four meters tall. Yeah, that's that's really big. Um, yeah, I don't know what a meter is, uh, but that's that's pretty big. All right, so uh, before I get into the skinny on Grumgar, um, I, there's another uh, Dewootin that I just came across in going on the Wikipedia page for Dewootins. Uh, apparently there was one that was part of a gladiatorial program that Chrysanthemum was in. Um, so the Dewootin killed like three of the other members, kind of worked his way up the gladiatorial ring, and then goes to face Chrysanthemum, and then Chrysanthemum gets him in one punch. Um, I gotta find that comic, because I'm sure watching a Wookiee fight a Dewootin as big as they can get, uh, that's gotta be pretty entertaining. Um, so yeah, now we can jump into uh, Grumgar himself. Alright, so Grumgar the Dewootin, he went off to live on his own at a young age, as all Dewootins did. Um, and he developed skills, as, as the strong ones did. He, he uh, learned the fields of hunting and tracking and eventually became a big-game hunter, uh, which that, I think it's our first Star Wars big-game hunter, so that's pretty cool. Um, he joined uh, the Great Hunt of Malastare as one of 
the second vice chair at some Germans hired mercenaries and uh, was basically, he was hired to take down Bosk. That's what we're building to. So I guess if I just said that we don't have big game hunters, I think Bosk's species in the in the Clone Wars they they were big on hunting things like Wookies and Jedi and stuff like that. So I, I call that big game. But um, yeah, Dewooten this big big Dewooten guy. I bet he's taken down bigger things than Wookies. Uh, so it should be fun to read about him. Um, on this job where he's fighting or trying to capture Bosk or bring him in, um, Grumgar was kind of like a lookout, but uh, Bosk got the drop on a bunch of mercenaries, killing them, uh, and then the Dewooten had to take a shot and just shot Bosk in the arm, which, you know, uh, Bosk regenerates, so that, that doesn't do much. Um, eventually, he gets defeated by Bosk. He gets this big scratch across his face, and looking at the picture of him just in The Force Awakens... Um, I mean, I don't see a specific scratch, but he, that is a very, like, leathered, like, face. Like, there's scars in there, like, you know what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't see a clear, fresh scar, obviously, but, like, this, this guy's been through some stuff. So, I'd like to think that part of the reason this guy looks exactly the way he does is because of Bosk the Bounty Hunter. So, while he's a big game hunter, one of the most notable missions that he went on was uh, going to Ithor, which Ithor is the planet, uh, the world of the Ithorians. So um, think about the, the mayor from the Book of Boba Fett, Mayor Machais. Um We've had a bunch of these guys in the cantina, like in original Star Wars and uh, in the prequels too. So uh, it's a common species. I think Doc Ondar is the other one, the one at Galaxy's Edge. Um, the one, uh, he has like the, the shop, the antiquity shop. And you go in there and you find cool stuff and talk to him and all that. Um, but yeah, so on this planet, there were these big predatory animals called Malzomes, Malzomes, something like that, Malzum, um, and they're like protected, so like they're not supposed to be hunted, but um, this this Dewooten, uh, Grumgar, he, he doesn't care, he goes there, um, and he also meets up with this this human, human female, uh, big game hunter as well, she's there, and she's trying to get the Malzum, so like they're, they're kind of fighting over the, they're fighting the monsters together, but they're fighting over who gets to to uh, bring the monster back because they're both like on a bounty for this mo monster in a way. Um, it ends up that there are two of them and they both like prove themselves to each other. Um, so they ended up both getting getting one and then they as they're walking back, it seems like they're making friends. But um, like she wants to even come work with him more often and he's like, no, I work alone. So um, that is something we know about the Wootens in general. They're generally very sol solitary um, and yeah, he just wants to travel the galaxy and hunt monsters by himself. And that, that sounds like quite the life, my guy. So um, I'm, I'm all for the DeWooten lifestyle. Uh, something that really uh, endeared him to this other hunter character is uh, she had also been like on her own, um, like from 16 years old or something like that. So like he saw a lot of his, his past um, in hers as well. So uh, that, that's kind of where, where I wanted to talk about the ninth sister, the inquisitor that is also a DeWooten. Um, she probably had a pretty similar upbringing. Like, she is pulled away from her family, brought to the Jedi Order, um, trained as a Jedi, and then I, th I think we're supposed to believe she was a Padawan when um, Order 66 went down, and then she became an Inquisitor, which is super sad. Her name was Masana Tide uh, before she became um, the Ninth Sister uh, Inquisitor. But, yeah, it's interesting how the, the, the DeWootens that we see have similar histories. We don't know much about Panada's past in the High Republic, but maybe there, there's something there as well if he was raised traditionally on Dewoot, or if um, maybe he had a different upbringing that kind of goes against the uh, the stereotypes, if you will. 
but yeah, I'm super excited about this new character as well. The Greeny, Greeny Maligi. Um, if he's a recurring character, he had a really interesting um, role in this episode of The Bad Batch where he was kind of like an ex-associate or maybe ex-lover of Sid. Um, there were some, some vibes. Um, but uh, he, yeah, he basically tells The Bad Batch, or I guess it's Hunter, not Hunter, uh, it's Tech, Wrecker, and Omega that are on this mission, the racing mission. But say like, hey, you probably shouldn't trust Sid. Um, seems like you, you really put your yourself on the line for her. She wouldn't do it for you. Um, so that's kind of foreshadowing something that I think we're going to be seeing in, I hope season two of Bad Batch, uh, where, where it's like learning, Hey, can we trust Sid? Like she's, she's taking care of us in some ways, but, um, here's, here's ways that she isn't like, we're, we're still working for her. We, we could be free. We could leave. And yet we aren't. Why is that? Um, so really unpacking that is something I'm looking forward to in the Bad Batch. Um, but we're we're not done with Grumgar's story. I think I have to to jump back in here. Um, so around thirty years after the Battle of Endor, uh, which is uh, approximately the time of the Force Awakens, um, he spent time at Maz's castle with the mercenary Bazin Natal. Uh, so if you remember this guy from the Force Awakens, he is just the big dude sitting on a couch, and he's got like a beautiful woman on top of him. Uh, and then I think the camera like focuses him on him a little bit too. So it's he, he's one of the more memorable ones from Maz's castle. Um, and yeah, the, the, the lady on top of him ends up being a first order spy. Like she runs off and like slide, she whispers something in his ear and slides off him and, and like goes and whispers, like tell the first order I found their droid. Um, but so that, that's the character that we're talking about. Yeah. There's no word on if he survived the attack on Maz's castle. Cause that, that kind of came up right after, didn't it? So hopefully this guy is still, still around and we can tell future stories with him. Maybe he was in the battle of Exegol. Like, there was this big, like, um, ancient Sith creature on Exegol that uh, was attacking the fleet, and uh, uh, our, our, our friend Grumgar the DeWooten was taking it down. Um, I'd like to see, like, when, when they make these, like, they've made these, like, 40-year anniversary from a certain point of view books for, like, the original Star Wars. Um, if I'm alive in, oh, that's, that's many years down the line. If they do a 40-year anniversary of The Rise of Skywalker, and there's a certain point of view book, I want... I want a, a story about uh, Grumgar taking down a big Sith beast. That could be fun. Um, but, yeah, so we don't know if he survived Force Awakens. Um, he probably did, though. He's, he's a tough guy. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, personality and traits. So there's a section on Wikipedia. That's where I'm getting a lot of this information. I, I didn't know the story about uh, him hunting the, the Molesite or whatever. That was in uh, Star Wars Insider magazine. Um, so probably one of the ones around the time that the Force Awakens came out, if I had to guess. Um, but yeah, so there is some personality information that was just accumulated from any of these sources, like source books, the, the visual dictionary, stuff like that. Um, so apparently in those, we learned that Grumgar, he was obsessed with trophies. Um, they were parts taken from exotic animals that he illegally poached, um, or women themselves can be trophies in his mind, uh, attracted to his brute magnetism. Um, I think he really thought that First Order spy was into him. Um, when clearly she was on a mission. Um, he had yellow skin and wore a yellow outfit over over it with a brown jacket. So he really likes that, that, that tone, I guess. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I don't know why that's in personality and traits. Uh, he carried a hunting rifle with a remote trigger interface and a sniper barrel flash suppressor. So he, he's got the equipment. Um, but yeah, I wonder what a remote trigger interface is. Like, he can set the gun down, go scope out a different angle, and like, tell it to fire from a distance that could be cool um 
Let's see. Uh, oh, also, in personality and traits, um, he's his protruding stomach peeked through his gaping shirt. Very, very important to put that under personality and traits. Um, I wouldn't call a, a protruding stomach a trait, but maybe I'm a little sensitive to that. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, although unscrupulous, Grumgar preferred to hunt wild animals over sentient beings. Happily hunting endangered rare uh, animals, even on nature preserves and sacred ground. So uh, he, he draws his line at hunting sentience. So I guess that's something. Uh, but he, he is a bad dude that's probably uh, killing the last remaining uh, creatures on these planets, um, poaching uh, like 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 uh, the people people in our own world who do the same, like the whalers and all those people. Like he's not a good dude, um, but it's a fun character design. I I, I really like the the character design. That was I was again very happy to see um, that character design show up in the Bad Batch. So Grumgar is a iconic character. Um, I I looked into a little bit like how they made him. It was like uh, animatronics, uh, so it wasn't CGI. It was something that they put on that couch in Maz's bar, and it was moving around like what's an animatronic? Chuck E. Cheese. It was moving around like Chuck E. Cheese, uh, and they probably maybe touched it up with CGI or whatever later. But that's that's pretty fun. Um, I do like the just the massive character trope, like whether they do it in like Game of Thrones, like immediately you have this giant character, like okay maybe I can't keep track of all these these, uh, humans on the ground, but, like, that guy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow that guy when I'm watching, like, a big battle or something, so, um, I think it's, it's fun when, when there's a character like that, they haven't really used him in the live action or, um, animated universes yet, but now with this character being introduced in the Bad Batch, maybe we'll get some, some more, uh, DeWooten action, so I'm excited, I remember playing the new Lego Star Wars game, the Skywalker Saga, um, there aren't any, like, big figs, like a like a Hulk sized minifigure. Like I I like to collect a lot of the like minifigures, and the, it'll be like you know like what like an inch or two, um, in height, and then you get like the big figs like the Hulk, the Thanos, the ca- characters like that. Well, they'll be in a bigger size. And I've always just been like, why is there never a Star Wars big fig? Why can't they make like a Chewbacca in that size or like uh the, the funny joke is the the Ben Solo with his shirt off Ben Swolo in that size. I think I've seen fake ones online and they're they're pretty fun, but um yeah, we've never had like a Star Wars character that is that size other than like maybe Jabba the Hutt, but he's not going to like fit the same mold that like I don't know. I'm I'm thinking like a humanoid like with legs and arms type character like like Hulk or Thanos. We haven't had one of those in Star Wars yet until Grumgar here. So that was a long-winded way to say that uh, I like that they made the big fig big in the Lego Star Wars video game. Um, he gave you a mission. I forget what that mission was about, but um, yeah, Grumgar. In setting Grumgar aside, um, he's a character that appeared in Maz's castle. Um, and in the last episode of The Bad Batch, we got reference to pirates. And Maz Kanata is the pirate queen. I feel like we are getting a lot of things that are relative to Maz, which is interesting to me. She's also taking up a bigger role in the High Republic right now. Um, so this this could be the, the Maz Renaissance, the Mazessance. It could be happening this year with a bunch of comics and stuff in the High Republic, with uh, the, the DeWooten appearing in the Bad Batch, um, Maz Kanata maybe appearing in the Bad Batch, or any of the other shows that come out this year. They could just be laying these, these seeds for like Mandalorian Season 3. I would love to see Maz Kanata in Mandalorian Season 3. Anything. Lupita Nyong'o is great, and uh, I, I hate that it's just, like, three movies with her um, in, in that small role of Maz Kanata. I need, I need more. 
Um, so I'm, I'm excited for the rest of the season of the Bad Batch and uh, also just um, the, the, the future of Star Wars here. I think we've got Mandalorian Season 3 coming out in the next month and a week, five, six weeks, seven weeks, something like that. Um, and yeah, that, that looks amazing too. So um, this has been the Star Wars Skinny, a traditional skinny from the Star Wars Skinny about uh, a character who is uh, really, really cool. So thanks for listening. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Star Wars Skinny. Stay skinny. Is it over?